0: Sports at Indiana Podcast is brought to you by Metro Indie Basketball Fall League. The 14th annual Fall League runs from Sundays, October 11th through November 1st. For more information and to register, visit MetroIndybasketball.com. Also, Box Out Sports, the best sports graphics platform, built for speed and control with your organization in mind. Try it now for free at BoxoutSports.com. welcome to episode 27 of the courtside indiana podcast this is jim reamer as always uh joined by zach tyler zach again how's your week going and how's school going
1: school's going well we're in the group uh, full virtual right now still uh yep. one more week one more week of that and I, we're going to try to go back uh to the the hybrid method right after labor day so we'll see how that goes
0: it's good i seems to be working down here um it's good things are going week to week obviously with us as we sort of touch on it I don't know that it's important that we talk about it every week but but it seems to mirror what's what's happening I know mean, football's going on there's there's obviously been some spot cancellations and but uh the, the the more successful that is the more successful things like being in class is, the more likely it is we'll have high school basketball on not only high school basketball but high school basketball on time so um and that's not a bad thing for most of us. But um, we, got, we got a light week offers, correct?
1: Yeah, it looks like six. No, so no commitments.
0: Yeah, no commitments. A um, nope. couple lists cut down. Yeah, we've got some lists to discuss. So our first, uh, our first venture into, into, some, you know, into recruits or prospects making lists, which is more of a coding website thing than a discussion thing, but we're certainly going to break it down. So, so go ahead with the um, – with the offers, and let's get up to date on the recruiting for the week.
1: All right, Mason Brooks from North Putnam got the DePaul offer. Yep. Uh, some D1 offers here the rest of the way. We've got Jalen Washington from Gary Westside, Stanford. Uh, Keon Thompson, Maraville, uh, Akron offer. Uh, Kamari Peterson from Gary Westside, also Valparaiso. Uh, Jake Heidebreeder, uh, let's see, Southern Illinois, Edwardsville. And then C.J. Gunn, Valparaiso also.
0: Yep. But a big week
1: for Valpo, right?
0: I mean, offering yeah. getting involved with Gunn, getting involved with, with Kimari Peterson, and and um, you know, and then, of course, making Mantis's top six, as we're going to discuss here in a minute. But um, any of those, anything there? I know we had tweeted some stuff earlier on Jalen. Any, anything there in, in that group of offers that stands out to you?
1: Um, I don't think so. I really need no. to get to see Kamari Peterson sometime this year. Hopefully, can yeah. see him and Jalen. Yeah, you
0: will. The in the West Side. Hopefully, Jalen gets a chance to be healthy and and uh, you know I, I've enjoyed watching Kamari play during the season or during the summer. Uh, he he's a steady kid that's that's got a lot of toughness to him. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't really make any mistakes. It, it doesn't make many mistakes, I should say. And and I've not seen him in a situation where he. I mean, like, he understands how to run a possession. And with that Indiana elite group he's got, he actually plays with Hyder Breeder, who who picked up the S, uh, SIUE offer, um, as, you, as you mentioned. Uh, I think Kamari does a great job of being a point guard with a lot of options on the floor. And hey, Gary West, they've got some options. So um, look forward to getting a chance to see him play. So... Valpo with the two offers again Peterson and CJ Gunn. I think that um you know it's it's good to see them being aggressive. It's good to see all of this, you know, any of the Indiana schools be aggressive and and Keon Thompson continues to rack up M- Mac offers, right? Yep, yep. Um well let's roll right in the So we would already mentioned Valpo. What Chris um Chris came out with his list, came out with a list today. He has a grand total of 13 offers coming into this weekend. He cut down his list to six. Uh, Shoot down that list real quick. Do you have that called up? Yep. I need to sit. Okay.
1: He's got his top six now. Um, Appalachian State, Ball State, Drake, UIC, uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne, and Valparaiso all make the final cut for him. Any of those surprise you?
0: I know we're not digging in deep and getting, um, getting, um, you know, we're not getting a ton of insight. I mean, most of these kids now aren't giving out too much insight on what they're truly thinking, nor should they, um, especially at this stage. Any, any of those, yeah. any of those surprise you either on the list or off the list? As other offers were Bellarmine. Which is uh, planning on moving into Division one California San Diego, which is uh, was kind of out of the blue when we first uh, when we first were in a position to report that um, but he's got a family connection out on the west coast with his father living there but they are also moving to a division one status here shortly Florida international uh, dusty uh, Dusty may the head coach there is an Indiana connection Incarnate word also an Indiana connection and they were in uh, very early on Mantis, very early. They were his, they were his first offer um, that first in offer, Milwaukee. Yeah. yeah. Milwaukee, Rhode Island, Toledo were his other offers. Um, anything there surprise you in, in his list? I mean, I know we're just sort of looking at this cause he came out with it. What 45 minutes ago or
1: yeah an no, hour right ago, at, right at eight o'clock, uh, Eastern here. Um, just looking at the other, the offers he took off the table. Uh, I feel like Rhode Island's probably the best offer he had just from their recent success. Um, in terms of level level of conference as well. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, I wasn't surprised that he kept the in-state schools in there. Uh, just being close to home is good for him. Uh, Maybe the same with Illinois Chicago as well on that list. My, uh, my gut, my gut reaction is when it when he's when it was listed listed
0: as six, was that okay? Valparais was definitely on there. Yeah, because <laughs> any any time it goes one beyond the the official visit limit of five, um, you you can bet there's some. You you can bet there's some local school, not that they wouldn't be on there anyway, but you can bet that there's some local school involved because that's you know, he, that's literally like a five minute drive from his house. Maybe, uh, maybe, sure. a, maybe a 10 minute drive, depending on where in Lowell they live. Um, so they're not going to incur a lot of costs if that's his sixth visit, you know, or he doesn't take an I mean, he doesn't actually take an official visit to Valpo. You know, I'm sure there'll be something that they'll want to do for him to, to make sure they, they check all the boxes and and make sure he understands how much they want him. But, um, but yeah. I mean, I look at the Missouri Valley as of those schools is the top conference among the list of schools that he still has. And, you know, that's Drake and, and Valpo. I was, I was surprised that Incarnate Word was not part of that final list. Um, I don't know. I, I know they were in first, uh, you know, I didn't need to look at the dates that we've got listed next to these offers. By the way, if you come to our website and you click on, uh, you search for or click on a player's name, uh, you know, a tag in any of the stories or, or on the homepage, it'll take you to a profile that will list all of their uh, their offers and when those offers were made, or at least when those offers were reported. Uh, I mean, th- they were his first, and Carson Cunningham, of course, is a, is a region product. He's a, a 1996 graduate of uh, Andrean High School. He played at Purdue. He's been very active in Indiana. and. And he was definitely on board early with with Chris. I was a little surprised. I don't know how persistent he was during the process. Uh, l- literally, don't know. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. But um, usually, um, usually those schools are the ones that that get included, even if it's you know, even if it's just sort of an appreciation thing. Like, hey, I want to let them go through and and you know, and see. Ball State was the second offer. They're part of the list. Um, but you know, e- each of these kids feel different things and, and, uh, they have their own priorities as far as distance from home, academics, uh, caliber of program, caliber of conference, things like that. So that was my only surprise but that they weren't on the list. I don't know who I would remove from that yeah, list. That I, my I surprise,
1: know. I think for the final, final list was probably Appalachian state just cause and it seemed kind of random to me.
0: Well, we don't know who they are. Right. We don't, I don't know much about them
1: right now. I can't,
0: um, you know, so, and, and they were kind of, they were one of his later ones. I mean, he had a nice flurry there at the end of, end of June and end of July. Um, but, um, you know, that, that would have been the one that I was surprised with a little bit. Um, but, no, I mean, look, he's six, 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 seven. He He does a lot of different things in the court. I know when you and I – when I saw him play up at the the region versus Illinois versus kind of the Chicago suburb kids uh, up at the Hammond Civic Center – not Civic Center, but uh, Hammond Rec Center, um, I think as well as Chris shoots the ball. That day he struggled shooting it, but then what was impressive about him was that he he went ahead and went into the post. And he was active on the offensive glass. So just showed a, an array of ways for him to score. And, um, you know, and, that, yeah, and, and that's part of his versatility at, at that wing spot.
1: Yeah, and I saw that same weekend that you were up here when mm-hmm. I went to Waukegan and watched them play. The Same thing. If he struggled outside, he wasn't afraid to go inside and bang a little right. bit and, and post up guys. And, and
0: he's going to be against certain matchups – he will be able to be a primary ball handler at the at the three spot in college and and that's me projecting his position. I he's um he's an outstanding ball handler and I, I think there's there's gonna be those I mean he's not gonna be a kid that plays the point because he's gonna you know, those short shorter, quick guys that can really get into you, I think would, would bother him. But against a against a, a typical matchup that he would have at the small forward spot he would they would be able to run offense with him initiating. So just a versatile kid and and any one of those 6 schools that gets him uh is is going to get themselves a nice ball player. So the the rest of it will be is just him getting stronger. So um Blake Wesley, right, as well came out this week with a with a list. Uh um, Yeah. He uh He announced it. When did he announce that? He came up was it
1: uh two was it Tuesday or Tuesday or Wednesday?
0: It was definitely midweek. Yeah, it was definitely midweek. Go ahead and do you have that pulled up?
1: Yep. Yep. All right. So he went on a little different. He went top twelve. Yeah, which is I'm a cynic in this stuff.
0: I'm i I'm not a big believer in lists, by the way. I Right. You know, at this point you know, that's, that's a me thing. And I, I say that with my, with kids I coach too, there's, there's not a lot of lists out there with guys I coach uh, as far as um, trimming stuff down. I, I, I do think at some point you do get it to five. So it's more of what Chris is doing versus what, what, what Blake is doing, but, but Blake's got a, he's got 21 offers. I guess at some point you got to start narrowing that stuff down, but, (laughs) but um, maybe he's thinking he's not going to commit in the fall. I don't know, but 12 is a lot. Good for him, um, you know, but um, he's going to have to at some point make decisions on who he's going to visit. Of course, if they don't get, a, if they're not allowed to visit, who cares, right? If it's all virtual. Maybe that's what he's thinking. Maybe his dad's a good dude interact with a little bit on Twitter. Maybe they're thinking, you know what? We're all of our visits are going to be virtual. So we might as well just, just see what we can get out of this, but go ahead with that list. And, and there's one surprise one on there that, I'm sure you're happy about go for it.
1: Uh, oh yeah. I love it. Yeah. So we've got <laughs> Creighton grand yep. Canyon. Yeah. IU, right. Can camp IU, Kansas state, Louisville, Maryland, Missouri, Notre Dame, Ohio state, Purdue, Texas, and Xavier.
0: Of course the big surprise there's grand Canyon.
1: Depending there was a lot of, are, uh, uh,
0: depending on who I, that's right. All right. Well, you know what? I will say this. <laughs> Look, Bryce, Bryce is great in the in the state of Indiana. He is gonna he's gonna get a lot of guys looking in that direction. Uh, he has the NBA connection. Um, he also has he has the guys that played for him at Valpo that have had nothing else a cup of coffee in the NBA and that are still NBA prospects, you know. And so there's there's no question if I'm a kid in Blake's position, I'm, I'm considering that, you know, it'd be no different than if I could go play for Fred Hoiberg, you know, some, I mean, Nebraska's in the big 10, so it's a little bit of a different story, but, but you, you know, you look at that and those guys are going to attract those, attract those kinds of players that, um you know, it's, it's a differentiation for a, from a coaching staff perspective. And that, that entire coaching staff has Indiana ties. That entire coaching staff has Midwest ties. Um, yeah. Even Jamal yeah. Walker, who was at Illinois for a long time, yeah. has Indiana ties. So Ball State, he's always recruited Indiana. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and and then, of course, our your connection, your tight connection there with with uh, with Ryan Lightfoot. You know that those that's a relationship that I'm sure he's had with, especially with Blake's father. You know, being yeah. in the
1: area. Yeah, so, for sure.
0: But you know, good Blake. for Bryce because none of this stuff is token. So it's you know it's a good situation for them. It shows the the amount of pull Bryce coach that you know that Coach Drew has. Um, but it's a, it's an interesting mix because a lot of those guys have come in relatively late. Uh, of course, Grand Canyon being one of them. Um, yeah, because they offered what six weeks ago. Um, but I'm tr- I'm looking down here now. What, who was his first offer? His first offer was to. Nope, his first offer was uh, Butler. Yeah, his first offer was Butler, at least the way we have it dated. I tried to go back and backdate some of these offers as we started working on the database, but Butler, Ball State. Miami, Ohio, yeah. Yeah. Um, Of course, with um, Jaden Taylor and Pierce Thomas committing to Butler, kind of foresaw that, foresaw them dropping off. Um, anything there stand out? I mean, everybody that I talk to thinks Notre Dame's in the lead.
1: Yeah. That's what I've, from a few people I've talked to, too. if they're, if they were betting on it, they would say Notre Dame also. Um, I've heard he likes Maryland, but I'm yeah. not hundred percent confident on any of that stuff either. And I'm not sure how Purdue fits in the mix. It'd be nice if he stayed home too, like something like that, but I don't know if they really have a chance. You know, I'm a big fan of that. I don't. I know. um,
0: I think all these kids should stay close to home. I, I I don't think they. I don't think you can undervalue. The the, being an Indiana star and playing then, at an Indiana school. Yeah. The the amount of doors you, you will you'll never go without a drop without a. um, You'll never go without. job opportunity you will never go without a fan there will always be somebody that will be in your corner and and some of it is where you live you know where you want to live you know where do you see yourself living um you know in terms of college choice because you know a lot of these I mean obviously a lot of kids will end up staying sort of where they go to college or sometimes they'll they get a professional opportunities they'll move around but if they don't, they end up back home, uh, because that's where their family is. And, and when they're in that situation, having that type of network, uh, I think is invaluable. Um, but that's, right. you know, that's, uh, I look at it differently. I didn't, you know, neither one of us, especially me, didn't have that kind of talent. Um, <laughs> Same. So, so yeah, no doubt, but, um, you know, I just think if he were to go to Indiana, Purdue, of course Notre Dame, be part of that mix as well. Um, he would never lack for an opportunity, regardless of what field he was in um, post basketball. So, but that's just me also looking for an excuse to be a homer. And um, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of outstanding options there. So,
1: um, yeah. Definitely. Anything else? Go for it. Yeah. You know, yeah, Notre Dame. I feel like it's just hometown kid could be a hero in the hometown, like right? get that attention. Demetrius Demetrius Jackson type of thing. Uh, I mean, mom's on the south Bend school school board, so I don't know if that helps any. But I think Notre Dame seems to be the the way to go for him. I mean,
0: he's. I mean, Demetrius Jackson is sort of a you know minor. He's a major celebrity. I I you, know, you know and there's no reason why that wouldn't be Blake as well. Um but there's yeah. a lot of pressure a lot of pressure with staying home too. So college as well as as well as uh professional. You know, George Hill and Jeff Teague at the professional level both there've been some things that have leaked out since they've left the Pacers talking about how there is some added pressure playing at home even if it's just something as simple as you know people part of their extended sphere you know wanting tickets or wanting things signed or wanting extra right. favors but sure. you know there there's also a lot of um a lot of intangible pressure that that these guys put on themselves to always want to represent and um but but I love Blake's work ethic he would do he would be no worse at Notre Dame than a lockdown defender and a guy who can make spectacular plays in transition, and transition and a guy who would always be, um, around the ball, you know, and that's, again, that would be his worst day. Yeah. Uh, his, his best day was, you know, as his shot has improved his ability to finish in the half court, uh, you know, he would be, he would be electric at that level. And, and I I think he's got a tremendous ceiling and, and, um, that, that even will definitely exceed beyond college if he, uh, you know, presuming only that he stays healthy. So
1: but yeah and I think his summer his summer showed that too yeah it hasn't
0: there hasn't been much change there's some knock there was I guess some ratings came out I don't know if it was rivals or 24-7 that came out with their with their top 150 and he had moved down a certain number of spots and there was some talk about well he's better than these two kids specifically neither one of them were in-state sk- kids so I didn't know much about him you know those yeah. lists once you get beyond once you get beyond the top 15 to 20 nationally, that is, um, it really starts to broaden out or thin out how, you know, broaden out the number of guys that fit in a tier of players. I always say for every five kids listed, there's probably two other kids that belong. So you can sort of play that out exponentially that if there's 10 kids listed, there's four others that deserve it. If there's 20, then there's eight you know, and if there's a hundred, you know, then there's, there's probably another 20 to, you know, 20 kids that deserve to be on that list. So there isn't much difference between the, 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 the 40th best player the 30th best player and the and 100th best player at that, li- at that level. So, um, but that's the only negative that, that, has come out of this summer for him. And, and and what is a weird summer is that he's moved down, I think 10 spots in one of the national rankings and I, none of these schools care that's for damn sure. So, right. Um, but anyway, well, that's um, anything else before we move on to what our main topic is going to be today. Nope. All right. Roll on. Roll on, all right, Deontay or the, the class of 2022 small forwards. We're going to break them down a little bit, um, and and talk about some of those guys. And I think uh, we've we've talked about this the last couple of podcasts. We're going to break down some positions uh, by class, and then work our way through sophomore, the 2022 class, the 2023 class. And then eventually end up with twenty twenty one I think our rationale for going putting them last is because we're probably gonna hit some of these guys from a recruiting standpoint, whether it be offers commitments lists things like that uh we're gonna be talking about these guys periodically throughout the throughout the fall as we get as we get into september so um so we're we're small forwards we've already talked about shooting guards and point guards and and like the the point guards. The small forwards not as deep as the shooting guard spot um, we've kinda got four guys that we think stand out right, and the rest of them are kinda in a in a group right behind them. kind of agree on that any anybody else creeping in there not that we're gonna I mean we're gonna go down some of these guys individually, but um we got we got pretty four solid guys there at that top of that list, yeah, I think so, good. Why don't you start it off with Deontay Davis, and um, you've, you've had a chance. I mean, we both have had a chance to see him play, but you've had a chance to see him play at Fort Wayne as well as on as uh, as well as on the games that have been streamed.
1: Yep. Uh, I, looking at his list, I think it kind of speaks for himself, for itself right there with with his talent level. Uh, he's got Butler, IU, Louisville, Nebraska, Purdue, and Xavier yep. as his sixth offer so far. I think he's a lot like. Well, I, I compare him a lot to CJ Gunn in in the things they do. Um, both are super athletic. Um, Deontay may be able to shoot a little bit better than CJ right now. Uh, Deontay'll so rebound. You or think are you opposite on, I'm a, I'm opposite on that? I'm I'm definitely the opposite on that. I don't. It's not. But
0: but that's fine. Go for it. Keep going. You're good. Okay. You get there, I'll, you finish, and I'll, I'll touch on it.
1: Okay. Um, Deontay can handle the ball a little bit. Uh, I feel like he's more comfortable coming off of a screen or two. Um, he'll post some. Definitely will rebound and take the ball himself also if he can. Uh, but I just think his he's got a high ceiling also. And, yeah. and that's the, the biggest part that has going for him is the ceiling. I know one of the
0: assistants at the schools that have already offered him they they like his ball handling they like that he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder um, you know it's funny I'm mixed on that I he has been a kid first of all we all know he's transferred to Warren Central his father's the head coach there but Deontay has been a kid that this this past year specifically where as good as his brother wa- was at Lawrence Central, and as good as Nigel Pack was at Warren Central, there were times uh, that Deontay didn't get a lot of touches, and I thought there were times where he sort of faded into the into the background. And then you see a game where Nigel Pack is is not playing because of injury. It was specifically it was the Christmas Attics game. I don't know if there were any other games where he didn't play either before or after that. Well, definitely not, not before, but maybe after that. And he really picked it up a notch, maybe even two notches. Uh, was was really good. He came out double-double. He was active off the dribble. He was way more active defensively. Uh, and you could get a sense that he knew he had to play a bigger role that game. You know, and there's some good and bad in that. One is you you want a kid that, doesn't take plays off. Um, I've always been impressed with his his older brothers, just sustained motor at all times. His competitiveness on defense. Um, I thought there was a stretch where his de- DeAndre's defense was way ahead of his offense, um, and when he was younger, at least at the high, at the varsity level, uh, you know. And and, but then when you looked at how DeAndre's skill set evolved through high school, you start to understand that there was no question that this kid was going to be a high major. And, and I and I don't doubt that is going to be a high major kid. I just, when he was not expected to do a whole lot offensively, there were just some times where he he just sort of drifted. Um, he was always going to get six or seven rebounds in the game. That, that was pretty easy pickings. For him. Uh, but then you get that Addicts game where Nigel's not playing and all of a sudden he's going out and he's getting eight to ten points in the first quarter. He ends up with something like, I don't know, eighteen points and thirteen rebounds. Just a tremendous game. And and then you could also see him attack more off the dribble. To me, he's much stronger off the dribble than he is shooting the ball. Um and I do like CJ as a better shooter. Um but, you know, what I also like about Deontay is that, like DeAndre, he's got the physical ability to be a great defender. And, you know, and that's going to be something that he's he's going to have a bigger role as a junior. Even if he did still be at Lawrence Central playing for Coach Gooden, he's going to have a bigger role. And at Warren Central, he's going to have a bigger role, and he's going to really figure out, um, you know, he's going to be the number one number two option there with with Malik Stanley and Malik is really going to get him the ball I mean if if that's you know I don't know how what they'll run but Malik is the kind of guy that's going to make sure Deontay gets involved and they've got Gabe McNary who transferred in from Avon so they're going to have some size where Deontay can guard more people at his where he projects college-wise like he'll be able to guard more threes some smaller fours at Warren because they'll have Chandler Jackson as well who we'll talk about here later um but you know he's this is going to be a year where you really see him you see him break out and some of the things that i just cited as a negative will probably sort of just drift away because they're going to need him every game and he's going to get a lot of touches every game and he should get a lot of touches every game so you you like his shot better than i do is that what we're saying
1: I'm, I'm, I saw him knock down some threes. He came down and hit a okay. couple in a row, a couple times in Fort Wayne. But I, I'm with you on like the the killer instinct really not not being there yet. He doesn't. I, I don't feel like he wants to. He doesn't come get the ball if he feels like they need a bucket. I feel like uh, he lets the game more, come to him a little more. Yeah. Right, right now. His brother was
0: like that when he was his look his his brother's his brother. The defense was ahead of the offense, no no question. And look, Elsie, when those when. DeAndre and Nigel came in uh, they were definitely going to be look we are grooming these two guys to be our centerpieces for you know for f- basically four years really for three and a half years they spent the first half of their freshman year trying to figure stuff out and but at every turn DeAndre was always always a good defender always a good rebounder My you know maybe I missed some games you know maybe I missed some instances where he didn't play that way but but just last year, and I'm not looking at Deontay as a freshman, you know, when he was getting spot minutes between JV and varsity. I'm just basing this on this past this past school season and a little bit in the summer where there's just times where he can kind of disengage a little bit. Um, but, but, man, a lot of that is a function of youth, and you get him in a full season – uh, he's our go-to guy. He's definitely going to be the number one option when the ball's not, you know, Malik trying to find him. Um, he is going to be not going to be able to do that. And to me, I think he'll rise to the occasion and just really start to sh- show how fantastic he he can be offensively. and And I think from a shot mechanics perspective, I think it just needs to smoothen out a little bit. I don't I don't see as much touch on his shot. Comparing him to CJ now, that doesn't really matter. Um, but and again, it sort of mirrors his brother in that way, where DeAndre developed into a, a pretty consistent plus shooter from the three point line. And if Deontay can get to that point, um, then you start to see he's a little bit, st- he's definitely bigger at that age. He's stronger at that age than his brother was. Uh, he's a better rebounder at that age than his brother was, at least, um, at least statistically. Um, so where it goes from there is, um, you know, I, I think he'll, he'll grow into just that added responsibility, I think will really push him and propel him into the, the types of things that pretty much everybody sees in him, in, including me. So, and including you. <laughs> yeah. So um, any, uh anything, Strike out on his recruiting or or sneak up on you in his recruiting. Nebraska was in early on both his brother and Nigel Pack. That's where, of course, Nigel is. No, Nigel's at Kansas State, so I'll quickly backtrack on that. Uh, Nebraska was actually where his brother committed and then backed out and went to Louisville. I'd be curious to see how that plays out. Um, But the rest of his offers are – you know, pretty much everybody that's good in, in this area, Xavier, Purdue, Louisville, Indiana, and Butler. I mean, my God, he can pick any of those schools and and not really make a bad choice. So, yep. Um, Kamari Lands, he's, you've had a chance to watch him a little bit on video, right? Yeah, just a couple games, some clips here and there. Of course, there's been some news here recently that he is leaving Lalamere out of Laporte. This is a Brownsburg product uh, whose cousin is uh, Jalen Coleman Lands, who played at Illinois uh, and, and was a product of uh, Cathedral and then ended up at La La Mayor. Kamari followed in his cousin's footsteps to La La Mayor from Brownsburg, uh, or at least Brownsburg Middle School. And now he's transferring to Pro- Prolific Prep out of California, which is where Paul Scruggs from Southport went. And prolific prep, not not popular in the uh, blogosphere in Indiana. <laughs> and definitely not popular with me. And um, But, um, you know, that's just, I don't know, just sort of an unnecessary. Is there a prep school that is popular with you? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Um, no, I don't know much about the current staff at La La Mir there now. I just, I know that when Huss was there, they wouldn't play anybody they wouldn't play anybody, anybody good on on a home, on a home floor. Uh, Cause I think they got beat a couple of times and then they just basically backed out of it and they sort of agreed to play like, you know, Brownsburg at Danville and places like that. Um, but, um, you know, I'd like to see them play more of the top schools in Indiana and, you know, maybe, you know, in, instead of just, you know, instead of some of the, the, the interesting schools that they play, but, but moving on, let's, let's stick with Kamari before I talk my way into some trouble
1: here. So um, <laughs> tell us what your thoughts on Kamari right. is. All right. So Makar, before we started that, Kamari's offers are right now, Marquette's very, so good list so Uh-oh. far going. Go, go through that again. You, you cut out audio. Oh, no, that's so right. He's got Marquette. Marquette, Syracuse, Texas Tech, and Xavier as offers right now. There you go. Okay. Uh, Kamari, when I saw him video, um, shooter, can shoot it really well. Uh, Will take a rebound and and get downhill as fast as he can and get to the basket on the other end. Uh, He'll kick out occasionally from that if he has to, but otherwise he's taken to the basket about every time. And he'll finish. Also, he's got a great body on him already. Uh, he, like I said, so he's going to rebound for you as well. Uh, defending, he does well. Also, gets in passing lanes. Uh, I think he's pretty pretty quick for his size. Also, but uh, really good player. Can shoot it really well.
0: Yeah. What What have you thought about his shot? Because I last time I've really seen him play, he was in middle school. Um, heading into his freshman season he was transitioning to be more of a you know to be more of a of a perimeter player from basically just his middle school coach throwing his butt in the post the whole time and right you know yeah. when, I, when that, I watched him play that's that's, i noticed from yeah when i when i watched the play that summer didn't shoot the ball well but he was always looking to take like you said looking to get downhill and he just made a lot of a lot of mistakes, just dribbling in the traffic, but that's, you know, seventh and eighth grade basketball. So, um, but yeah, what, what have you seen in the shot? And then what have you seen defensively? Give me, give me both of those for, for a few minutes.
1: Yeah, so shot-wise, uh, he, he can come down and hit a couple in a row on you as well. Really good out shooter. Um, that's where he does spend a lot of his time is around the perimeter. Uh, I didn't see him post very much on on what I saw what I watched um, and defensively then also he's got a uh, he can he can defend well defend on the perimeter he can he'll defend some post player if you need to a smaller post player but but he's like i said he's he's got a great body and he's strong already so I, that helps him on defense as well yeah his his length will be versatile that way
0: um if if, yeah. if that
1: if he needs to be. Um,
0: yeah, I don't know. I, You know, I, I haven't seen him play at La Lumaire. I, I know he's he's got a lot of physical ability. And I of the kids of that Lance group, he probably had the highest ceiling of coming into his freshman year between his brother Jerron, who had an early IU offer, but then none of the other Division One stuff materialized. Uh, very early maturing kid. And then Jalen Coleman, who, like I said, we started off at Illinois now is at DePaul. And, um, you know, and that's, um, you know, Kamari transferred to prolific prep. That'll be one of those deals where he'll maybe get one game on ESPN and we won't see them again for a while. that it's not going to impact his recruiting, but it'll impact our ability to watch him and, and really get a chance to see him play. I think he played this past year for Mean Streets, which Chicago, Illinois, being sort of the whole state, sort of being behind Indiana in terms of, in sort of COVID stage, in terms of COVID staging. Um, you know, I'm not sure. No different than Kyle Ross and Chris Mannis. We just didn't. We haven't had much of a chance to see any of those guys play that that played for Illinois teams. So, um. Anything else? His his recruiting is sort of a little mix of everywhere. Texas Tech, far south, obviously Syracuse, Marquette, Xavier, a little closer to home. No in-state yep. schools. Yep. Um, the um, I'm trying to think. Let me look here real quick on what his. Um, I'm I'm looking up now real quick on the uh, dates of his offers. So his Xavier was his first offer in May, May of 2019. Uh, then Texas tech jumped in uh, the beginning of October or beginning of December last year. And then this past June, two days apart was Marquette in Syracuse. So, so pretty, pretty steady. I mean, he's, it's, it's not, it was, it was, it's one of those things where you, you sometimes you see a high, you see a school make an offer, then two or three other schools kind of hop in, uh, none of that's happened. So at least it's been situations where it looks like these guys have had chances to see him play and, and make offers. And, yeah. And, um, but probably a kid that would have more offers if, if we would have had a regular AAU season. So sure. Definitely. Um, I guess I'll take Suter since he's a Carmel kid, right? Yeah, it makes sense. His um his offers are Bryant in New Orleans. New Orleans was his first offer. He is a kid that started as a freshman at Carmel for a for a state championship team. And his role was basically just completely be active and just be a menace. Uh he, he a lot of hustle plays, a lot of doing dirty work plays. He um, he went 0 for 7 from the three-point line as a freshman. And then I saw him play a little bit in the – you know, I saw him play some in the summer after his freshman year. Didn't really see him hit many threes at all. Just, you know, you could definitely see his, his mechanics smoothing out a little bit, and – but it was definitely a big weakness in his game. He, sh- he didn't shoot a whole lot better in June. Um, maybe a little bit of a spurt in the fall, but most of it was just in workouts, just me being a mile away from the high school and sneaking over and watching stuff. Not really sneaking, but but slipping in and watching stuff.
1: <laughs>
0: um, the first two games of the year, didn't. I don't even know the shot of three against Lawrence Central. Uh, which ended up, even though L.C. never really made a huge run or like a burst of like this, like they never went on this 12-0 run, you know, in the two-minute span, it was sort of this prolonged, you know, like I think the end of the first quarter was like 12-4, to four, you know, something weird like that where Carmel just couldn't get anything going offensively. And then all of a sudden, three games into his senior year, he started hitting, or his three games into his sophomore year, he started hitting threes. And not to where you say we're going to wrap a lot of our offense around it, but it's getting to a point now where you can kind of see it. And he's definitely now to a point where you've got to guard him out there. And, and then by, the, by this, toward the end of the season, February, the health of Brian Waddell just made Peter more of a weapon because you couldn't key on him anymore. And now his motor play started to come back in where he's getting offensive rebounds. He's taking charges. He's not worried about foul trouble anymore. Uh, Just kind of flying around doing the things that he did as a freshman just by scoring more points, Um, you know, on a team that graduated five, five or six seniors. If Peter didn't get a shot in the game, he didn't care. They didn't care. And he, he averaged, Probably 10 or 11 points as a sophomore, but I bet he averaged 16, 17 points down the stretch. And if, if not, definitely pretty close games that mattered. I would, I would games, tight games, I would imagine he was scoring at that clip. Um, but, you know, defensively, when he's locked in, he's a pretty close to being a lockdown defender he He can guard multiple positions at the high school level he's probably more of a two three defensively or more of a three two defensively at the college level uh is strong enough that he got stuck on a small four he could he could do it if he got switched over to one uh he would he would be able to handle it physically and then the rest of his game i think is maybe being a little tighter with his handle in traffic but then also just improving his shot and um you know, and he's the kind of kid, too, that he'll gamble every now and then. Uh, but he'll be one step back into the play. He won't – there's no false hustle in what he does. There was one situation uh, – I can't remember if it was his sophomore year or freshman year, but where he gambled and gave away a late basket because he did that. And uh, it, it was the the one time where he sort of, sort of went to sleep and got involved in trying to hit home runs when all we needed were singles and doubles. And, um, he took a pretty big ear, asked you in for that situation, but, but he's a guy that never is out of the play. Um, and that, that's the kind of motor he's got. He'll take, he might go after, he might extend himself a little bit, but he's going to be right back in the play either where he left off or somebody else is helping him and then he's helping the helper. So, um, love him overall. Um. Looking forward to his development, certainly from a local standpoint. But really, you look at a kid that plays that hard. When the one thing that needs to really improve is his jump shot, to me, that's the easiest thing to improve. Uh, especially from a kid, you know, from a lot of these guys that just put so much work into it. And and Peter's among that group. So, but have you seen him play other than? Have you seen you? You got a chance to watch him play a little bit in video,
1: right? Yeah, just video because he plays with uh, Teague, right? Yep, he does. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Shot. Shot is really. I like his shot a lot.
0: Coming he's. Along. He's
1: more. Yeah, he's more confident
0: now. You know his, and like anything, when you're when you're confident on the catch, you're more fluid. And he's. I think he's gotten to understand that. But then, as he's gotten older, he's just a bigger part of the offense. And, and you know, Carmel only graduated one kid out of their top seven and they basically return 80% of their scoring but they did graduate their best shooter and and a kid who's capable and a kid who was capable of going off you know on 16 18 points in, in a stretch um, you know Jackson Jansen was was a senior, was the one senior this year so now they don't they didn't have anybody else kind of like that. Leary, Will Leary was the, the closest to that, who's going to be a senior this year. Um, but with Suter, Waddell, Charlie Williams, they definitely have got three guys who, who are going to be capable scorers. And, and Peter's definitely going to be the guy physically that, um, you know, he's going to always have to guard the other team's best player or at least, no, nah, that's not true because they've got Josh Wack, but but Pete's going to be a guy that's not going to take plays off defensively. So let's put it that way. So it's just as he gets older, he has more of a role. He has more responsibility on offense, more responsibility on defense. Um, it's it's going to be good to see how he handles that, and I think he's handling it well, and that's
1: why he's got a couple of Division One offers. So. And you see that you see that list adding getting getting added to as the season goes on this year? I mean, I do. Uh I
0: I think he's hard to think he's hard not to like because again, there's a baseline with him. It's, it's sort of like Deontay Davis. Deontay is at a higher level. But it's it's um it it's like um no, I'm sorry, I I I'm sorry, I didn't mean Deontay, I meant Blake Wesley. It's like Blake Wesley, but at a higher level. With Blake, you you know you're going to get a kid that works hard in defense. And you know you're going to get a kid that rebounds his position well. That's exactly what you're going to get from Pete. You know, is there a level where he can be a focal point offensively? At, at the Division I level, yes, there is. I, I think there is. And But he's going to go in as a freshman in college and be able to do what he did as a freshman in high school. He's going to be a motor guy. He's going to be a guy that – you can put on somebody else's best player and at least be a nuisance. He's not going to make mistakes off the ball other than maybe be, shoot a gap every now and then when you don't want him to, which was the one thing I referred to. But, but no matter what happens, if he shoots that gap and doesn't get it, he's going to be one step right back in the play. He's not going to take those two or three extra steps where he acts like he's hustling. And really, what he's doing is sort of giving his guy a free path. Uh, he is going to be a guy that gets back into play immediately, and and if somebody else has picked up his guy, then he's going to be aware and bust his ass and, and find his teammates' guy. So, sure. So yeah, you, you've got a baseline with him that I think is is hard to pass up. So, um, New Orleans with, so with with Chris with Chris Arkenberg. And and their head coach definitely has Indiana connections. Uh, um, you know they were they were first on board and the, and they're first on board with a lot of guys at that level. Kamari Peterson is another guy that that we talked about earlier today. They were first on board with him. They're first on board with Pete, and they're just you know they're trying to
1: go ahead. They're first on board with who else? Rashid, that we're going to talk about in a second here.
0: Yeah, they were. They absolutely were. So they're going to recruit Indiana aggressively from, you know, from from down in Louisiana. But um, you know, I, I think that's that's a hell of a baseline for him, and I think that's what they can expect to get. They're going to get a guy that goes in there and makes winning plays, and doesn't need the ball to make winning plays. Doesn't need the ball to to be engaged. Um, and that's a that's a rare treat. That's a rare skill, um, especially when you get a kid that comes. You know, from a big school, um, that you know sometimes a lot of these guys, you know, they just get a ton of touches. And his his first year, I don't think that anybody ever looked to throw him the ball. <laughs> you know, every now and then he'd get that slip, he'd get that slip screen, you know, or he he'd be that guy that would back cut somebody, and and, and or get an offensive rebound. Those were his baskets as a freshman, and he he made enough winning plays that that. um you know, they just kept playing him. I mean, it worked. It's easy to say it worked because they won a state championship, but but um, just a huge focal point of the offense last year. And I just think it's – even a, even with a more balanced approach with Waddell being healthy, I think we're going to see a lot more out of Pete this year at Carmel. So uh, tell us a little bit about Rasheed Jones.
1: Okay, so Rasheed Jones from Marion. Indiana Uh, has the new Orleans offer. Like we just talked about with Peter Uh, also has a Winthrop offer to go along with that. Uh, And I was going to ask you about these two kids. If, if it's odd to you that they don't have a ball state or like a Miami, Ohio, or a Toledo offer in their bags yet, or uh, if that's kind of expected from you.
0: Well, I think you look at it, I've often said these unless they've got something that they really prioritize from a need perspective they these schools most schools recruit one class at a time, you know, and um you know let me look here real quick at um let me look at ball
1: State's roster right quick if I can pull that up mid chair because these after. are. These are- a couple solid in-state kids that we're talking about here and it just seems like ball state should be after them if unless that's a better uh, lower level than what they can they can get to or
0: i mean you look at you look at what ball state's offered so far they've offered leland walker Tayshon comer and cj gunn so that's two point guards um that they feel like they're definitely going to need and that's that's also CJ Gunn who's being recruited by high majors. Right. I think I think we both feel that Leland Walker is a high major point guard prospect. He has the Xavier offer. Um, yep. you know, so so they've offered so ball state's offered two guys that have high major offers. I think this stage of recruiting, that's those guys would, you know, you, you look at Rasheed, he he may be a kid. We talked about kids that are impacted by COVID. You look at kids like Pete, you look at kids like Rasheed and think they, they probably have been impacted by COVID too. It's not as big a sure. sense of urgency. It's not the same sense of urgency that some of these older kids have because this, they've got their 17 and under summer left. But a lot of these schools will recruit one class at a time and the ones that don't have their their pet projects that they love that they that they see play and right now the only time these guys have been able to watch them play is on video and i i don't know that they're how comfortable some of these schools are but sure but you know again ball state i don't know you know if we did the same thing for the other schools like indiana state or so far there are three offers in that class two of them have high major offers right um, i don't know that gun i'm sorry not gun i don't know that. Suter or Jones fall in that category yet. So Ball State for just for example is taking their shot that we're going to be heavily involved in these you know these kids that are getting high major interest. You know let's look at Indiana State real quick and Evansville. Um Evansville going through some transition. Valparaiso uh, looking at Max lighter. Looking at Missouri Valley schools, Indiana State's made no offers in 2022 yet. That's not uncommon. Evansville no offers yet in 2022. Um, Valparaiso no offers yet in 2022. So that is not uncommon. Sure, so and
1: just yeah, just trying to get their 2021 classes in order and see what happens with COVID. From I'm sure
0: they really are, and, and you look at it too. They they may get. For example, I'm just spitballing now. So Indiana, let's just take Indiana State, for example. I have no, I deleted the tab off my browser now. Let's say Indiana State gets a point guard that commits or gets a power forward that commits. That may mean they're not going after a power forward in 2022 now because they got a 2021 kid. So now they're going to start looking at other positions because they don't need to worry about it in 2022. So it right. may open the door for other for other things in the, in the next class. So that that's kind of some of the juggling act. I mean, you look at Ball State, they're gonna turn over their whole roster before they get to the twenty twenty three class. They're gonna turn over their half half the roster when by the time the twenty twenty two kids come in. So they just don't really have any idea yet what they fully need and how aggressive they need to be. Now some schools would handle it like let's just make a bunch of offers because we know we're gonna have scholarships to give. But other schools like to be more selective and, and not really fall in the trap of right. marginalizing their offers. I think they all want their offers to be valued as special and rare. So I, I just spend most of my time telling the families that play for me these these kids you know, re, you know rec- or I'm sorry these schools recruit year, you know almost one year at a time, except for high majors. Right. Um. So that that's kind of my story. I'm sticking to it. Now, of course, the backside of that is that some of these NAI schools have been more aggressive two years in advance than than these mid and low Division one programs.
1: Right, which is crazy because if COVID affects them in basketball this year. Some of them could be done with basketball.
0: Uh, that's I, yeah. I don't know about the. You think we don't think any of the Crossroads teams are going to be there in that situation? Do we? Uh, I mean, I, you
1: you know that league better than I do, but I, depending on how if basketball how f- basketball goes this year, I think yeah. you'd be surprised. Well, we're going to have basketball.
0: <laughs> I mean, we're we're having high school football, and, and as we touched on in the opener, outside of a a handful of cancellation, postponements, and re- and schedule rearrangements, high school football is going pretty well so far. Yeah. Now we're we're only in volleyball. And volleyball. Now, from a football perspective, we're literally based on games. Two games in. What is that? Though Friday to Sunday, so we're we're nine days into it. Into interschool interaction, or interschool action. To not be redundant. So we may that's nine. That's nine days. So we may wake up in three days and find out that. That Carmel and Plainfield passed COVID back and forth from, from week one, and symptoms are just now starting to show up. And then, as a result, and whoever Cathedral played the first week, they're getting symptoms, and now Carmel Cathedral played. So, you, you know, you could see how this goes, but right now, none of that's happening. Yeah. Um, not, none of that is happening. Um, even the Carmel instances of COVID have come from internal, internal contact or contact tracing, Um, you know, and, and none of them, I shouldn't say none of them, I don't know. The ones I've heard about, none of them have involved football or any really school related activity. There was a cross country situation of all things where I, but none of the kids that supposedly came in contact with this case ended up with it. So, you know, that's, I, I I think we're in a good spot. I'm the guy that's always wearing my mask around town, you know, or at least always has it on or at least, you know, attached to my body. So I'm not one of these guys that that denies it. I'm not one of these guys that thinks this is all silly. I'm not one of these guys that thinks screw this, we should be, Living our life freely, blah blah blah. I'm like Mister Mister Vigilance, yeah. But I'm pretty damn confident we're gonna have we're gonna have high, basketball at at the high school and college level because I think we're we learn more every week on how to handle this thing. We're learning how to live with it, right? For for better or for worse, you know. We spent two and a half months learning how to avoid it and and now we're we're really getting you know and then we spent two months of summer wondering what it's going to be like when everybody comes back together for school and sports and things like that and i think now we're learning how to live with it so again i don't know if that's the smart way to do it but i think that's the only option we got so but anyway so that that's a hell of a tangent but
1: yeah sorry about that that was my fault
0: no no you're good no but i think <laughs> it's a good question because I address it a lot with our families and I addressed it a little bit in uh the recruiting podcast we had at the beginning of the year, uh that, that I did on my own, where one of the things I tell families is unless you're being recruited by a high major program, it can be pretty damn quiet until the seventeen and under summer, the seventeen and under spring. And it might start trickling in at the end of your sophomore season or at the end of your sophomore summer. Um, but really most of the stuff doesn't take place until the spring of their 17 and under summer and you know with social media you know highlighting offers and lists and commitments and all that especially offers you know these kids can get this false sense of urgency that creates sort of anxiety like what's happening why am I not getting recruited you know or why am I not getting recruited more so if i'm talking to peter suter's family or i'm talking to rashid jones's family Based on the question you asked, my reply would be just, "It's all good, man. You got a couple offers in the bank. You know, there's right. a lot of kids that would kill for that. Um, you know, just just keep working, just keep doing the things you can control, and and one of which is be extremely coachable. And but um, so anyway, so Jones has New Orleans and Winthrop. Yep. And what what have you liked about him when you've watched him play uh, video, and I think you've had even had chance to watch him live a little bit.
1: Yep. Yep. And- a big thing for Rashid, great length, uh, great shot as well. Knocks down threes from outside. He likes to hang around on the perimeter quite a bit, wait for those kickouts. Uh, as we discussed a little bit before also, he'll, he'll take it to the basket if he, if he has an opening. He's not afraid to do that. Um, and, and he can rebound a little bit also defensively defensively, his length definitely helps him helps him also to to uh, block shots yeah he
0: I've liked him he's got a nice touch. the shot comes off kind of funny, but he does have a soft touch, and you know he is a kid that is not afraid to put the ball on the floor i I'd like to see him get the basket more. I think he does get into the mid range game. Um, it's not as consistent. But I've only seen him play during the summer, and he spends a lot of time in the corner. Yeah. Which with Leland Walker coming off ball screens, not a bad idea. But then when he attacks off the dribble, everything's off the baseline. It doesn't give him a lot of good angles. And so sometimes, you know, sometimes he's really put in a position where anything off the rim is – no chance of going in but um you know I've not seen him play for Marion I know he's had some big games I know he definitely had to step up when when Jalen Blackman got hurt uh Marion's gonna have fantastic offense this year with Jalen and Rasheed assuming they stay healthy definitely um but yeah I I like his defensive potential too he's he's thin he needs to get stronger but yeah I'm right there with you on his defense so um i don't know what i feel yet about is you know his, his recruiting I, I just not seen enough of him I, I need to see him play a school game where he is yeah, involved in more of a bigger role right um because a lot of his touches uh in the summer literally corner and again that's just their their spacing and there's you know it just puts him in a position where if he's not clean he's driving baseline and there's just not a lot of angles there so um anything else before we uh kind of shoot down this list the rest of the way. I think we've sort of touched on the the four kids we think stand out, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean there's one more guy you're gonna touch on. I'm yep. gonna hit a couple kids right now. In fact, I'm gonna go through three kids real quick. Chandler Jackson at Warren Central, uh Billy Smith from Berbuff, Kale Vanderbush from Plainfield, uh you know Chandler's a kid. I think was was injured heading into the spring. Um, I have seen him play spot like week to week on different teams. He looks healthy now, which is good. Um, I, you know he's a kid that played a lot of varsity as a sophomore. Played ahead of his older brother. Very different players. He is definitely skilled. He shoots the ball well. Probably could put the ball on the floor more. Um, but. You know, again, with Deontay Davis, with Malik Stanley, I mean, they're not going to have, you know, Gabe McNary inside. they got Sean Black, who's another kid that can really make plays. You know, they've got a pretty decent group of younger guards coming up that will be good coming off the bench. You know, Chandler's going to be relied on probably a little bit more this year than, than what he has been, or what he was last year. Um Billy Smith at at Brebuff. You know, it'd be interesting. He had a, he had a good sophomore year at Brebuff. Look for him to, you know, play a bigger role. Look for Brebuff to do more offensively. They they're pretty patient. They like they they definitely run their stuff. They're definitely picking who's getting shots. They they've got more. Probably will be a little bit a little bit more open this year with Billy and with Evan Altman. Um, two, six, five, six, six kids who are skilled and and can do a lot of different things. Billy's good off the dribble. He shoots the ball well. Um, he played this past week on, on a 17-year-old team, uh, which is not his normal team. He normally plays for a 16-year-old group, and he was definitely competitive. Uh, I liked how he played. You know, he fit in physically, and, um, you know, it was just – I didn't know who it was at the beginning because not wearing uniform numbers and all that stuff. But then once I heard his name a couple times, started putting him with the face. You know, you just see a kid that's sort of in, not in the same position he normally is with his his normal team. Sometimes you can kind of lose track of who it is. But he, he was good this weekend. So, and then the flip side of that is Cal Vanderbush, who I saw at Plainfield during the school year. Really liked him, and, and and I've seen him do a lot of the same stuff in the summer, but I've not seen him progress. Um, would like to see him maybe do a little bit more off the dribble, maybe a little bit be more active off the ball. Um, again, playing with Braden Smith, there's a lot of ball screen stuff there where they space out the rest of the floor. He's definitely effective there. He does rebound his position well, but would like to see him um, be a little bit more involved off the dribble. And, um, I'd like to see him what he can do coming off screens. Now, I don't know, again, some of that's not in his control. So I would just like to see him, what, what he's like coming off screens, because I've, I've liked his strength, his athleticism. He's kind of a sneaky athlete and, um, shoots the ball well. And I, I think if he can show some consistency hitting shots coming off screens, even if it's just jump shots or even just putting the ball on the floor and attacking, uh, he starts to complete, starts to show more of a complete offensive skill set. So, um, Andrew Leaper, kind of our last bigger breakdown here. Uh, what, what have you liked about him when you've watched him play?
1: Yeah. You're, you just finishing up with Kale there. Made it sound like uh, what I was about to say for Andrew. Uh, yeah. Uh, Andrew's very athletic. I saw him drop-step dunk one this weekend from the post, so that was pretty nice. But he, he finishes strong around the rim, loves dunking it, uh, can run on, run the break if he needs to. Uh, but, yeah, like you were just saying with Kale, same same kind of things, Uh rebounds would like to see him improve or improve consistency from outside shot was, is the big thing for Andrew. I believe do we, it'll, do it'll we make have him, him go next level.
0: Do we have him miscast as a three? Is he more of a four?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I, okay. he likes to, he, he plays around the perimeter just yeah, fine. He does. But he does. It, it, the shot, like you were saying with kale is just inconsistent right now. Yeah. Um, I feel like Andrew's very athletic. Sneaky athletic.
0: You know, and he's going to get – he's going to be the third man in the scouting report this year for Homestead, which is going to help him. Yeah. You know, help him quite a bit. And I think he was injured for part of the year last year. Uh, Maybe. I don't recall. But, you know, just at 6'5 and and pretty good length. You know, I've, I've always sort of liked him. He's got a younger brother that I need to see more of, but, um, but he is a kid that I've, I've viewed him a lot as a tweener and we've got him right now on the small forward list. I don't know if that needs to change or not. Um, But his one off for Indiana tech, um, you know, that's a Fort Wayne NAI school. That's, it's been really good lately. And, and that's a good offer for them. To, it's a good kid for them to get involved in because it's one of those deals where, again, if he goes to that level, kids that go to that level don't often go that far from home. So if he stays in the city, of course, the Crossroads League. None of those schools are that far from home. But and he's not the Cross Indiana Tech's not the Crossroads nope. League. But but right. he'll have a lot of options. Right. He'll have a lot of options there if that's the level he ultimately plays into. But um, you know, it's not a it's not a bad start there again, another NAI school being aggressive with uh, incoming juniors. And it could be one of those deals where it pays off if he ends up at that level. You know, you sort of assume that they're going to be looking looking good. So um, anything left on him or I'm going to shoot down the rest of these guys and, and then we'll move on and, and close out here.
1: Yeah, let's do that.
0: Okay. Uh, you know, the, kind of the rest of our list here, Taven Jackson, Center Grove, he's a kid that is, is – he's a football – he's our quarterback. He's probably going to be recruited for football. Um, he's a kid that played a lot as a as a freshman, uh, was obviously a little bit more of a focal point as a sophomore, but then ended up not finishing the year at Center Grove, the school season at Center Grove for, for basketball. But as discussed in our transfer episode two two weeks ago, He is going to return to the basketball team and play this year. Um, Richard Brooks from Mishawaka Marion had to play JV last year because of a transfer from Penn, right? Yep, yep. And then, uh, like him, he's a kid that shoots it well. He comes down, plays in the Fall League. A lot of these guys, local guys play in the Fall League, but he's a kid that comes down from Mishawaka with a group of kids from the Mishawaka South Bend area, which I appreciate. Uh, Jackson Dawson from Warsaw, and then Matt Spears is a name that I think guys will get to know this year. He's a Pike transfer to Arsenal Tech. He was, uh, I said a couple times during the the transfer episode that as soon as we post this, I'll start getting text messages or DMs from people saying, hey, I missed a kid, and Matt Spears was one of the ones that I missed. He was a Pike last year. He's going to be at Arsenal Tech this year. Not nearly as much traffic ahead of him. At Tech, I, I think he steps in there and plays a pretty big role with, with Davion Turner, with their new head coach, Damon Turner. Davion, of course, part of that transfer episode is he transferred from Anderson to Arsenal Tech with his father, who's the head coach there now. Spears steps in at Tech and, and should be their number two or number three option there. So Spears is a six-foot-six-inch forward. Um, Dawson uh, at Warsaw is a six five forward. And Richard Brooks, six three six four, and and that kind of rounds out our list, um, at least the ones we're talking about. Any anybody else? Anybody from your area you want to throw around that we didn't talk about?
1: Like that? Um, do we have, make noise or? Do we have Kaylee Kakali on here anywhere? Is he got is him? He next, is, that's yeah. next week. That's next week. Okay. You know? Okay, you got him. Power forward. Okay.
0: He will be. Yeah, he will be. Uh, He'll be a guy we talk about next week, so. Okay, good deal. Um, I'm looking at these kids are sort of our next tier of
1: guys. Um, Do you have Joe Reedy on that list? Because he's been playing well this summer, too. Is he on he's, the next week? He, he's next week, yeah. Okay. Um, Nope, that's it. I mean,
0: I guess two guys i mean matt clark, brown
1: clark barrett's carson's brother isn't
0: he yeah he's yeah that's need to review him a little bit he's, he's a he's a different player than what his brother is um he's definitely way more off the ball than what carson is um and carson's a little longer a little leaner um but again when i watched him when i watched him during the school season clark was hurt and he was sort of in between football, and I think he was hurt like he wasn't, like, wholly injured. It's sort of in between, hey, football season just ended. I need to get my 10 practices in. Sure. But I'm also probably going to take an extra week off because my body is aching, and I don't know that it was anything serious. I just think it was something that came off that he needed some more time. Uh, Matthew Brown is a homeschooled kid from the area that is that is pretty talented. Um. He's a guy that I think at that level of school during. I, I don't watch him play during the school year. He plays in the fall league. He's a kid that does a lot of different things. I don't know yet what his definable skill is offensively, um, but I did not see him play during the school year. So I've not seen him play since October. Um, but I know they, as a team, do very well, and he's a big part of why they do well. And and for those that don't know, the homeschool seen in central indiana is is getting more competitive there's usually two or three teams that would be the equivalent of a good two-way team and and we all know that they've got guys that can sneak up there and, and be you know you know recruitable athletes and definitely scholarship guys nai d2 d1 whatever it is but um you know matthew's matthew brown's part of that group and then um and then Jackson Falconberry from Madison is a guy that every now and then we'll, we'll, we'll put up pretty pretty good numbers down at Madison, and um, you know they've got a decent three or four guys down there that playing for Coach Wilkerson, um, and it, it's a balanced group, and, and Sharon likes to get them running, so they'll they'll have some guys that put up some decent numbers, but but that's it as far as as far as guys that I think. People will, I'm just sort of scrolling down this list here. Um, You know, there's Grant At large at Laporte, Chris Mullen up at Chesterton, those two guys in your area. Um, Jackson Edwards at Cathedral is a, a kid that, physical strong kid that, you know, with all the other offensive options, doesn't get a ton of touches. Uh, but then he'll make, you know, he can make plays. He can definitely make plays defensively. So, but other than that, that's, that's pretty much it. I think we've done a pretty good job of breaking down the top guys and then, and then, uh, shooting down the list and other guys we have mentioned. So, you yep. anything, anything we're plugging this week?
1: Got that? Uh, I don't have anything new and I can plug yeah, the...
0: Do the, do the, yeah, do it again. Every week we might as well.
1: All right. So, um, BoxOut Sports, it's a sports graphics tool used to highlight uh, student-athletes and teams in just seconds. It's compatible with the VNN uh, network that schools use currently. Uh, Rather than hiring a designer and spending hours in Photoshop, give your athletic programs a professional look in just moments. Compatible with Twitter, uh, Instagram, if you want to check out their stuff, boxoutsports.com basically any of the graphics that you see these
0: high schools pump
1: out is coming from
0: Boxout, and, and any of their team websites that are separate from their school's website, like the, the .k12.in uh, URLs right. are housed by or facilitated by VNN, and they've got to the deal with box out. So Boxout comes in, provides these graphics packages for schools. You use it a lot for your stuff for this website which we appreciate I have. and so thanks to them for uh, providing us with some graphics and making my life a little easier as well as your life. So at least your work life. Yes. So um, also want to shout out Metro Indie basketball fall league coming up the 14th annual fall league full disclosure. It's a league that I run and have run for 14 years. Runs on Sundays from October 11th to November 1st. So it's done a week and you know a week before school season, before school practices start. Um, we are still targeted for Fisher's High School. So as long as they are, long as they have phys- students physically in school, we'll be able to use the facility. But we are looking for uh, preparing for any alternative right now or any uh, any outcome based on COVID. But so far, so good. Um, and it's basically features most of the top kids in central Indiana, but also we have kids from around the state. Like I said, we've got a team from South Bend, Mishawaka coming down. We typically have two teams from that area. There are teams from the region that come down. Uh, we usually get a handful of guys come down from Fort Wayne to play every now and then we get kids from Western Illinois or, or Western Ohio or East Illinois, more Eastern Illinois than Western Ohio that come over and play. Um, and you know, it's anywhere from 32 to 36 teams, but this year I think we're pretty much limited just logically or pragmatically limited to 32 teams, just the way we're going to have to handle the, any, uh, any COVID issues. But, um, but yeah, so Metro Indie basketball fall league is, is the league for more information and to register, visit Metro dot
1: Any final business before we wrap it up? Nope. I gotta get to bed here. I got school tomorrow. It is. It's running
0: a little late, isn't it? Um, yeah. Well, Courtside Court Indiana Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well as SoundCloud. You can subscribe to the podcast via each of those apps and have them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. So, Zach, again, appreciate your time. And look yeah, forward, glad to be here. Look forward to the upcoming week. Hopefully uh, this is your last week of virtual and you start to get into, the, into your school building with your students that should make life a little easier for you right
1: well we have teachers have go in still with this virtual stuff so we've been but going, i mean as far anyway. as you,
0: yeah you'll be able as to as far
1: as kids being in there yes definitely yeah easier.
0: preparing game or i say game planning but lesson planning is, <laughs> is probably the right word so but anyway it yeah. yeah, will be good a little okay. bit a little return to normalcy so yeah but um Anyway, appreciate your time as always. And for those that listen every week or those that listen just starting this week, I hope you continue to listen more and, uh, and thank you for your support and until next week. This is sports at Indiana podcast.